0: So the Lions won't be soft this year. That's what you're saying. They will not be a soft football team. They will
1: not be soft. That does not mean they won't get blown out by 20 or 30 points. I just think that they're gonna get, they can get blown out some games because they don't have any talent. But if you take them lightly, they're a team that I think this year is going to jump on a few people. So you come in, you're like, this is the Lions. I know what I'm dealing with. And next thing you know, you're in a bit of a fight hello hello and welcome to the pick and play show where we're hanging out today we're breaking down the nfc north we're gonna break down a little bit of the finals we're gonna focus on the chaotic turmoil that's happening in the nfc north and if there's anything for you to keep an eye out on as the season approaches as always to break that down with us we got leo your pal gordo myself let's crack to it man okay starting out here little bit of finals talk uh i don't really have too much i think Giannis actually just delivered one of the best finals performances in a loss that we've seen the guy was getting to it especially coming off that banged up knee no help at all whatsoever K- uh, chris milton's actually has very similar numbers to what we're seeing uh for eric bledsoe delivered what are you taking away from this
0: Exactly what you said. I mean, this man Giannis gave everything that he had available in the tank and nobody wanted to come with him. I'm sure you've seen that viral clip already of him during the timeout, absolutely going crazy, trying to motivate his teammates to give him something, anything. If he would have got an average performance from either Drew or Middleton, it's probably 1-1 right now. But they sucked it up. I don't even have anything. like I can't defend them. I've been yep. defending Drew Holiday. I've been in his corner the whole season. But these first two games, he's made like eight shots in two games. I, I really don't yep. know what's going on.
1: He's just... Uh, you know what I some... noticed with Drew? Yeah.
0: I, I noticed with Drew is that he's able to get to the rim almost at will, right? He's got a, a tight little handle. I see him moving guys out the way, but I feel like he finishes too soft at the rim. Like, he can dunk. And you see it uh, yesterday when when Booker goes up for that dunk, I believe, in the second quarter, and Drew Holiday meets him at the rim and blocks it clean. Yeah, His hand's in the square of the backboard. And so when I see that, I'm like, Drew, when you go to the rim, why don't you dunk it more? Like, he's always going for these finesse layups. Uh, He's trying to get a little touch on the ball and spin it off the glass. Like, dunk that shit. You know? Like, if he would just... Go up there and attack the rim, I feel like he'd have a lot more success and this team would be better. But that's not the case. And now they're down 0 2.
1: The tentative nature of the Bucs, I, I, the term deer and headlights, not to, you know, pull out a little rhyme but and, and rhythm. Yeah, exactly. But that's what they look like out there. I mean, dead serious, you are watching. I mean, that third quarter from Giannis was, uh, he looked like a, a masterpiece. Uh, and he refused to back down. I mean, and 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 man, the that that game, that third and fourth quarter was crazy. The Bucks would like, well, Giannis would will them all the way back down to like they were down by 4. And then Phoenix would just casually place it back at 10. And Giannis would just crush it back down to 4 and Phoenix would take it and move it back to 10 and and you had beautiful basketball going on some beautiful passing great closeout defense for all of the lack of uh, aggression on the off, uh, the offensive side the bucks defense was really ferocious on top of everyone switching fast closing out hard never giving up on a play religiously playing tough, meeting people at the rim. Like you said, Drew Holiday got up for a big block. They had a couple blocks. Giannis was all over the place. Middleton was playing some lockdown defense. For all of their woes on the offensive side, they brought all of that intensity on the defensive side. It is such a weird thing to watch NBA players can lock down defensively, find a rhythm, find a flow, and bring ferocity. And then on the other side of the court, it's like they have none of it. It's just such a weird dynamic.
0: Do you think maybe they're tired? That's what I was trying to figure out watching yeah. Drew last night. Like he's running through screen after screen. He's chasing Chris Paul around. He's meeting people at the rim. He's, you know, he's doing everything on defense. And then when he gets to offense, it looks like maybe he doesn't have legs. Like maybe he's not ready to yeah. be playing this many minutes at this type of intensity. Uh, it's That's, got. I, they look
1: tired to yeah. me yesterday. They they do look tired I mean now and and that is that goes with the whole fight through every screen it is tough when DeAndre Ayton and big ups to DeAndre Ayton who didn't have a good night but put his head down and in big moments came up but that guy will run out to the top and set that hard screen on Drew Holiday over and over and over and over again and yeah it's got to take it out of him I agree with you maybe he is like look I'm saving myself for the defensive side but Phoenix never really was threatened and kept putting it at 10 and I just going forward I need to see a killer placed with Giannis I need an offensive killer because 42 points last night really efficient even shot 11 from 18 from the free throw line got in there got it done I mean he was a hammer through that team and he got no help for two whole quarters None the at The game all. was
0: over, I think. Uh, I want to say it was the third quarter. It may have been fourth quarter. But it was a one or two possession game. Uh, I believe it was a three-point game. And the Bucks get a stop. They're coming down the court. And I'm thinking, okay, if they can cut it to one or if they can tie it here, the momentum starts to shift. This crowd isn't going to be as into it. It's going to be a different game. And what happens is Middleton runs down the court and throws up one of the worst one of the ugliest <laughs> fucking three-pointers I've ever seen in my life with like 20 seconds left on the shot clock. And what yeah. happens? He he misses it terribly, and then on the other end, Chris Paul comes and hits a three, or gets a three-point yep. play. I, I don't remember exactly how the sequence went, but they ended up with three points on the other end. That's a six-point swing in a game that was really close. So It was the,
1: it was the moment. That was the moment where Giannis needed anyone else on his team to do, and I mean quite literally anything basketball-related. Make a basket. to Get a stop. I mean, it, they couldn't do it. No one could support him last night. 42 points in a loss. They said that since, what is it? I believe it's Jordan in 1993. That is the last time someone had more points in a quarter than Giannis. Giannis had 20. He surpassed both Kobe and LeBron, who had 19. He had 20 and a quarter. The most since Jordan. And he, he was lost. dominant.
0: Dominant in lost. that third quarter. I was waiting for someone to come help. Ironically, it was Pat Connaughton, the one that looked ready to come help him. Pat Connaughton was the one that looked ready. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs>
1: Which, it's is fucking ridiculous. I mean, uh, the pro- Giannis had the most points ever scored in a quarter since 1993, and the Bucks got out of that quarter with one more point than the Suns, 33 to 32. You have a all-time great performance from your superstar. And you come out of that, and you go, how's the dent? And you go, didn't help. We're still down 10. You're like, ah, fuck me. Like, what are you supposed to do? You lose that game. Meanwhile, on the other side, the Suns, Devin Booker, 31. Mikael Bridges lights the world up. Shout out Philly. Nice job there. Uh, <laughs> letting him go. Bridges gets 27. Chris Paul is 23. Crowder, 11. Ayton with 10 and 11. Another double-double. That's all that guy fucking does. And Giannis gets 17 from Drew Holiday on 7 of 21 shooting. Chris Middleton gives him 11 points on 5 of 16, but more importantly, 1 for 6 from 3. Now, I hope that they can get some points together. I think the Bucks will win game 3. I just don't know if you're going to get a better performance from Giannis the rest of the series. I mean, 15. See, that's, my, that's,
0: that's where I push back a little bit, because yeah. I think that... The whole reason I picked the Bucks was because I think a healthy Giannis, I don't know how healthy he was because we saw him grabbing yeah. his leg a lot last night. A lot. But a healthy Giannis could theoretically do this every night against the Suns. I don't think that they really have a, a big answer for him. So they really need okay Holiday or Middleton. They need something. Something. <laughs> I'm not Oops. even mad at the 21 attempts for Holiday because you need him to nope. be aggressive. He needs to hit
1: more than seven of them, though. Yep. I mean, Giannis had 42 points on 15 made shots. That's so, that's crazy. He was a monster <laughs> last night. A monster. He was a monster. Wonderful. Well, it's really, this is turning out to be some really good basketball. I hope it continues into game three. I really want this to get to like game six. I would like basketball to extend itself. But we'll do a recap later on. Uh, let's jump over into some NFL. You ready to break it down?
0: Let's do it. You know I'm ready.
1: All right. So today we are going to chop through the messy 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 NFC North. Extremely uh, messy. Oh man, I, it's a funny place to begin, but let's go ahead and start at the bottom. Based on Vegas odds to win the division, the Detroit Lions are 200 to 1. 200 to 1 to win their division. 20 to sorry, 20 to 1, 20 to 1 to win the division. I added a zero. That is, first off, no chance in fucking hell. Second, we've got a brand new coach in there. Jared Goff is a quarterback. Really, this team's going to be rebuilding for a while, especially the division they're in. What do you make of the Detroit Lions to start this year?
0: I'm taking the under no matter whatever number you would have said. uh, Whatever number Vegas could say, I'm taking the under. Yeah, I don't like, I'm not a Jared up. Goff guy. I don't think I'll ever be a Jared Goff guy. And to top it off, the, the receiver room over there looks pretty barren. Uh, I can name a couple of their receivers, but you, you might not even know them. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not really feeling great about the Lions. The Lions remind me of my bedroom in high school. <laughs> a literal mess.
1: <laughs> a literal mess. They are over under win for them on the season is 5 so, five wins out of 17. Five and 12, that just sounds fucking atrocious. They've got the only two teams at five or less wins this season are them and the Texans. I don't like anything they're doing. Which side I of the ball are they good at? Like, uh, Which better? side
0: are they better on? Uh,
1: I feel yep. like it has to be
0: the defense. It because has to that be. offense is... It's tough out there. It's tough I mean, over the there Detroit,
1: in Detroit. The Detroit Lions roster right now uh, is it, just a who's who of players that you go, what, who is that, what are they doing, who, you know, who, what's their depth chart? You, this is a team that you're going to watch a couple. You could, <laughs> you know, how in the third in the <laughs> the third preseason game you start to see people that you'll never hear from again
0: exactly yeah the The end of the roster the lions
1: the lions are going to start a team where you go who and they're going to bring in another group of people where you're like what so this is a team that's a bit everywhere they have they have uh, their most impressive thing to me is their coaching room uh just to run through some of them they do have some who's who of ex players so One thing Detroit's going to have, I I do believe this, is they will have a good team culture. Whether that will result in wins or not, I don't know. But here are some of the people on that team. Dan Campbell's the head coach. Deuce Staley, assistant head coach, running back coach. Mark Brunel is there coaching um, quarterbacks. They've got Ben... They got Ben Johnson for tight ends. They've got Antoine Randall L teaching their wide receivers. Uh, they have other feel like you're like running Hank. through
0: my fantasy roster from 2004. From
1: 2004, I mean, right? They've got a lot of ex players and uh, really good fundamental coaches coming in to teach. They have uh, um, Anthony Lynn is going there to. Uh, he's the offensive coordinator. Now that I could not. I cannot hate that. Your boy, anymore. your boy, Anthony Lynn. I just don't think. I think Anthony Lynn actually, you know, he did really well for some of the development of those young players. But I don't really look at him as someone that can make in-game adjustments. And I don't know if that's that person on the staff. And so there goes that whole saying: if everyone has a plan, they get punched in the face. Well, all football is is punching to the face. So you got to be able to move your plans a lot. And I don't know if this team's going to be able to do that. I think you're going to see a lot of heart. A lot of hustle and a lot of fight from the Lions. I do think you will, that Dan Campbell press conference where he's like, "If they kick us down, we're gonna bite him in the knees," you know, and everyone's like, "Jesus, dude."
0: I was just but going the- to ask you about that. What do yeah. you think about this guy? Because I don't really know anything about Dan Campbell uh, other than that quote and, and the fact that he's a defensive guy. Uh, my my knowledge on Dan Campbell is damn near zero. So can you give me a little something on him? Do you know anything
1: about him? Because I don't know shit about Dan Campbell. You, Dan Campbell. I think, like I said, I think the, what he's going to bring to the Lions is a high level of intensity and a level of pride in the work that you do. Uh, he, 22 years in the NFL, 11 years as a coach, 11 years as a player. The guy is a football guy. His whole staff is fucking football guys, okay? His whole staff is football guys. The Would whole you compare
0: through. Dan Campbell to a Mike Vrabel, like that kind of style?
1: I think, I think Mike Vrabel might be smarter I, you know, and this is this is kind of crazy uh, to say, but I don't really think that uh, I don't really know what when I when I compare Vrabel and Campbell. Coach.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, I, I'm more meant like the the leadership style. Like Vrabel's is not a big. He's not, obviously not an offensive guy, but even in the defensive side of the ball, I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he calls the shots. You know, like he's more just the the CEO of the team. You know, like yes. the the yes. executive.
1: That's okay. exactly. I would I would compare him to like the CEO of the team. He kind of sets the tone for the organization. He sets the he sets the expectation. He walks around the building, making sure people have pride in what they're doing. He brings intensity to meetings. He he can he can talk to you on a level that a lot of people can't because he's been through the wars himself. He's a tough fucking guy. He's going to get to work. I think his players are going to fucking love him. So the Lions Detroit, won't
0: be soft this year. That's what you're saying. They will, they not, will not be a be soft, soft
1: football team. That does not mean they won't get blown out by 20 or 30 points. I just think that they're gonna get, they can get blown out some games because they don't have any talent. But if you take them lightly, they're a team that I think this year is going to jump on a few people. So you come in, you're like, this is the Lions. I know what I'm dealing with. And next thing you know, you're in a bit of a fight and you're like oh this is this is not what i bargained for i got to retool my brain i got to retool my mental and i got to go after them i think right. detroit is going to be very very bad when it comes to the record but they're going to be like when i watched miami and people were like oh miami sucks i was like yeah but they're playing with a lot of pride late they're playing with a lot of intensity once they get better players that's all going to raise themselves up what happens year goes by miami gets those talented players makes a push for the playoffs Detroit is going to be in a little similar situation. This is year one. That means it's time to kind of rebuild. He's brought in there to change the culture. We hear that all the time, change the culture, change the culture. That doesn't necessarily mean winning. That means having pride in your work. Winning comes with that later. You have to start somewhere. You can't start by winning. Culture is something you do that isn't impacted by other people. It's something you do. Winning is not a culture. How you go about winning is a culture. That's what has to be established first. That's what Dan Campbell's there to do. I do believe that Dan Campbell will make them a better football team. I do not believe that they will have a better record. I think this is going to be a terrible, terrible team.
0: We're in alignment there. When your best player is DeAndre Swift, a second-year running back, then I just don't see how you score points. Uh, I don't see how they're going to put points on the board. Not a Jared Goff guy. But even if I was a Jared Goff guy, he doesn't really have anyone to throw to right now. So, nope. yeah, I don't see how they get to six wins.
1: Yeah, and and in classic like football guy move, if you go and try to look up the Detroit Lions depth chart, there's no real information. So,
0: <laughs> I think Tyro Williams a- is their number one receiver right now.
1: Yeah. That's it. They, this is a team to keep an eye on because they're going to shuffle around who's starting and who's not all throughout the offseason. season. They have some players that are veterans. They have brought in like a couple veterans to try to to try to get them uh, a you know a little breathing room. They have people like Michael Michael Brockers, uh, Randy Bullock, not all stars by any mean, but but lunch pail workers that really get in there. As you go through their roster, it is full of. Full of rookies, yeah, and you're right. Tyrell Williams is probably going to be their number one receiver. Uh, they're gonna they have people like Jamal Williams that have been floating around the league. They've brought in a lot of people, but nothing really substantial. This is going to be a roster that probably doesn't yield any type of Pro Bowl, doesn't yield anyone above like their peers' benchmark. So I I, I think five wins for the Lions is a little much. I I think that this is a team that probably ends up going like three and fourteen. Um, and it's just because I, I don't think they have the offensive brain power to keep someone like Goff upright. They don't have the offensive line to keep Jared Goff healthy. And and it's if I tell you that Jared Goff is their most valuable player, I'm I don't think I'm lying.
0: I think you are.
1: Who do you think's their best player then?
0: DeAndre Swift.
1: Okay. I mean, running back. I mean, know? running back isn't going to get you wins. But if you're asking <laughs> me who their be best either. player is, I, I
0: have yeah. a, a clear answer or a clear opinion, at least. Yeah. Let me ask you I, I... this before we move on from the Lions. Do you think that they're rebuilding at the perfect time? Because I feel like Green Bay is on a downward trajectory. We'll get to them in a second. Minnesota is... Eh. Purgatory. You know what I mean? The Bears are already rebuilding. Like, Are they... Are the Lions rebuilding at the perfect time? You know, you say that in a year or two when they get the players, they'll have the culture, they'll be able to improve. Do you see the plan working?
1: Um, I have no idea. I gotta watch it. Like, when I watch the first game, like I was saying in our last episode, when I watch games, I don't look as much for X's and O's. I am trying to learn that space to incorporate it. It's a lot to learn. It's a fuckload to learn. Um, and there's a there's a good podcast uh, the guy's name is coach Voss uh who has a podcast about it uh, I think it's making defense great again it's it breaks down a ton of the X's and O's I have to google half the things he says it's real complicated but when I look for I look for synergy I look for effort I look for hustle I look for intensity where are the eyes where are the helmets um where are people's heads during play outside of play do they take off on the you know if it's a running play to the left side of the line does the corner on the right side of the field does he make it all the way over or does he kind of just hang out? You know, what kind of intensity are you bringing to your players? What kind of accountability? So I haven't seen anything out of Dan Campbell because he hasn't played. You know, we haven't seen a game in Detroit. But I'm going to tell you that I think that's one thing you are going to see. Now, if he's in way in over his head and his players can are fine with his intensity but do not respect his game plans and the way he goes about week-to-week work, we're going to see that as well, and they're going to tune out fast. The problem Dan Campbell's dealing with is even if he brings all that intensity – Players are going to look up at the scoreboard. They're going to be like, 28-3? to three? I'm playing my ass off over here. And that's when pride in your work going to come in. So I think Dan Campbell has a tough road ahead of him. I don't think there's ever a good time to rebuild, to be honest. I think the NFL is full of teams rebuilding or on the cusp. This whole Green Bay thing could be settled, and Aaron Rodgers gets a long-term deal to stay there for three years, you know, 180, $120 million okay and then you're like okay well now rebuilding whenever doesn't fucking matter Minnesota is and we're going to get to that but Minnesota's got a stacked roster they have some holes but they got some talent around it too that that even with they were like hey we need to find a new quarterback and rebuild we got some pieces Chicago's trying to rebuild right now you're behind everyone else
0: Right, and they were a five-win team last season. They lose Goff and I mean, I'm sorry, they lose Stafford and replace him with Golf. They lose Gallaudet and Jones and replace them with nobody. So I don't super under slam the under. I'm slam dunking yeah, the I'm under. At.
1: They're gonna be a team to beat up on. All right, next team up, Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Hey. Three and a half to win the divi- to win the division. Kind of interesting at three and a half, right? I mean, this is a division with Green Bay in it. And I guess you can bet on them. They're hedging themselves uh, by not making it too high in case that Green Bay leaves. But this is a team that's very interesting: a top ten defense, top ten wide receiver, two versatile running backs, not a great offensive line, and a terrible quarterback. And they replace them with we're gonna we're gonna mark it as an unknown in Justin Fields. What do you got for me?
0: This is one of those teams that I think. Could take big advantage of Aaron Rodgers being missing. If Aaron Rodgers isn't there in Green Bay, I think that that bears line you said three to one to win the division,
1: three and a half.
0: Three and a half. Okay, yeah, that might be good odds in all honesty because if Rodgers isn't there, uh, this thing is wide open. This thing is wide open because the defense is elite in Chicago. We've been known that the defense is. It's been a strong defense for a few years now. That's not anything that's new. The problem is nope. they couldn't score any points. They scored the least amount of points in the division last season. Uh, things needed to change, especially at the quarterback position, because they actually have good bones on offense. It's just the guy pulling the trigger. You know, the head of the snake was a little suspicious over there. He was definitely suspect. Yeah, I guess it, it comes down to your opinion on Fields. I think that Fields is going to be good. It's, he's already got a good running back with David Montgomery, already got an established clear number one receiver with Allen Robinson who puts up numbers with bad quarterbacks. So I would love to see yeah. him with his best quarterback of his career. I think that's going to be fun. With the Bears, gonna for me at least, it's going to come down to how long they decide to get cute with Dalton. You know, they're, they're saying all the shit right now, saying, no, oh, Dalton's the starter. We're not starting with fields, yada, yada. And that might just be coach talk or training camp talk or mini camp talk, not even training camp. But it their record and how I feel about their over-under is going to come down to how long they decide to be cute with that. Throw fields I, out there. Like, don't don't play yeah. with me, bro. Like, come on. It's Andy Dalton. It's not like you got. in San Fran, I get it with Garoppolo, you know, but it's, it's Andy Dalton. like uh, like, let's stop let's get fields out there
1: this is the point in time where i wonder how they landed andy dalton and in free agency did they tell him hey look you know we're gonna bring you in with an honest to god chance at competing for a starting position and so andy dalton signs there so a lot of this is coach talk to to keep andy dalton from being disgruntled right you know you're going to bring a rookie in. Every no one's stupid. They know that at most Andy Dalton could hold the position for a year at most. So, and and we all a think year field should start right away. I'm telling. Best case scenario: Andy Dalton goes out there. They're a ten win team. Okay, if they come out the first couple weeks and win and are on trajectory for a playoff, I'm telling you I, that's not going to happen. But I was we're say, I'd be about fucking shocked if That happen. Right. That's the hypothetical. Your hypothetical is best case Andy Dalton could ever be there for a year when when you draft a first round pick, so I'm very curious if they lured him in with the th- prospect of hey you're going to start for us you you know this is the direction we're going go. we got a good defense we got weapons around we're, we're going to build around you a little bit and he goes yep cool signed dotted line and then they draft Justin Fields so now he goes what the fuck is that and they go no 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 this is all part of the plan Andy you know we're you're going to, you we're going to bring him in. He's going to learn under you. And then when the time's right, we're going to move him in. So he's our starter. You're our starter, Andy. Now, meanwhile, behind closed doors, everyone knows what's happening. If Justin Fields lights that practice field on fire, those players will not play for that coach at the right intensity. If they know Justin Fields can whip Andy Dalton, that's just how it's yeah, going
0: to be. Okay. I'm in agreement with you there. I just If you're Andy Dalton, so you got to be smoking crack to go into the season thinking that you were going to be the starter. Like, you really thought that,
1: nah. Like, what? <laughs> I, I think sometimes people are wired that way to go, hey, look, you know, I'm an NFL quarterback. He's been in the league 11 years. He's like, I, I'm a vet. I'm being brought in. You know, the funny thing about this really is Nick Foles is still in this fucking roster. So they're not even talking about him. They pushed him down. They're like, "Make no mistake. you were the third option period bar none. <laughs> they need they to had, trade him
0: for anything like any, if I don't get think you're literally get anything. anything. Give me a seventh. you can have fulls
1: yeah i think that this is a team that you we were talking about rebuilding uh what what actually is kind of a problem with the Bears here is they're they've got some old starters now um. Danny Trevathian, he's in year 10. Uh, Carlos Santos, he's in year 7. Allen Robinson's in year 8. Robert Quinn's in year 11. Mike Pinnell is in year 8. They have a lot of starters who are vet vets. Khalil Mack is year 8 now. They're kind of on a... I don't want to say Akeem Hicks 10 years. They're kind of on this... If we can't get this done this year, we're gonna have to face a different type of retool. That whole defense is old now.
0: Right. Their
1: starting quarterback, Deshaun Gibson, ten years in the league. This is a this is a defense where where almost six out of eleven starters have seven or more years. So we're talking about how you look at the Detroit roster lineup and the whole thing says rookie next to it, and then a couple, you know, two or three year guys you're turning over to the Bears lineup and you go, you've now got your rookie quarterback, but your whole defense and a lot of your offense has got to be replaced soon. So it's an interesting world. They're going to get a chance. If, if Justin Fields is good, they can surprise people this year, be a playoff team, maybe push for the division. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is a team that turns around and then kind of hits the bottom a little bit where they lose big parts of their defense. And they have to start really retooling that side while also trying to get an offensive line around Justin Fields. So I love Justin Fields. We both thought he should have gone higher, and and we think that a lot of the teams that passed up on him, including the San Francisco 49ers, fucked up. Uh, but this is going to be an interesting year for the Bears. This is a boomer bust. I'm keeping an eye on it. I like Matt Nagy as a play caller. I thought Mitchell Trubisky really hurt them. I expect Justin Fields to have a really, really good fantasy football year. I, I don't know if that will equate the wins, but I think he's going to be a gunner.
0: Given the age of the roster, though, don't you think that that should make them a team to watch? Because th- th- everything is in place already. They just need they the quarterback to be good.
1: They need the quarterback to just be average. I mean, they went to two, they, they didn't go to the playoffs last year. A year before that, they went. And the year before that, they went. And then remember, they lost the Eagles. So off that double doink. So th- this is a team that it has enough talent to win games in spite of a bad quarterback play. But it is aging, and you never really know when that cliff comes up and, and you go, oh, shit, you know we just got old way too quick there are a lot of people jimmy graham's on that team jesus christ so there just are a lot of really old vets on that team and i don't see the in like the influx of young blood to keep it alive if justin fields is really good this is a team that's going to be hunting free agents for this upcoming season couple things I'm loving Allen Robinson. I love, if you can get Allen Robinson in your draft, I love the running backs for the Bears. I think this is going to be an offensively, I think it's going to be a good, good offensive team. They play in a division that has subpar defenses on all three other teams. That includes Green Bay. I think Green Bay's defense is not that fucking good. And I I think they're going to have, they're going to get points. So for the Bears, for me this year, look for the points.
0: Someone to watch before we move off the Bears just for fantasy on the fantasy radar. Uh, I really like Darnell Mooney, their number two receiver behind Allen Robinson. He that's was a rookie last year. I I just think that if the quarterback is good, he's going to take off like a rocket ship. So it, I, I, if you can get Mooney late in your draft, snag him.
1: Yeah, that, I think that's a great call out. I think for everyone out there, this is the time to start planning your roster and your moves. I am not a... There's this whole group of fantasy people that believe the more prepared you are now, you can draft now and get people at good value. My biggest problem with doing that is I'm putting myself in the way of injuries, and here's the other thing you're putting yourself in the way of. You don't know fuck all about these rookies. Do not kid yourself. You are not better than NFL personnel, which do it at best at a 50-50 clip. You just fucking aren't. People took uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire last year. I mean, how many people were looking at him taking him like number one overall? They were so jazzed up about him. He, was, he underperformed massively from what people expected. You want to know why? He's a goddamn fucking rookie. We don't fucking know how well he's going to do out there. We don't know what his skills are and how he fits into the team. So when you draft early, get your playbook ready now. But you need to spend time listening from now until almost preseason. Well, now it'll be preseason game two. Because there's a lot of misinformation. People want to mislead you left and right. They also don't want to help you out when, in terms of who's going to start and who doesn't. Rookies cannot play for four or five weeks. Offensive lines can suck. There's a lot that go into it. I, have, I do not think it makes you any smarter to draft early. Wait your time, let injuries take their place that they always do, get as much camp information as you can, and then execute your roster based on all of your previous knowledge and all of the current knowledge. I think there's no, no advantage there. I just don't see it.
0: I've got a nice little story for you that's relevant and is going to be a segue to our next team here. Last season in one of my fantasy leagues, uh, towards the end of the draft, I decided to roll the dice on a rookie. That rookie was Justin Jefferson. (laughs) but I dropped him right before the season started thinking, ah, he's a rookie. Uh, You know, there's probably, (laughs) there's probably not much there. Yeah. I dropped Justin Jefferson. Jesus
1: Christ. Yeah. That hurt all season, all season. That hurt my soul. And that's where it comes in where I go, here's another piece of advice. When you draft rookies, don't plan to start them. Be like, this is who's going to fill out my bench. If you're drafting rookies to start, you're going to have to get lucky. Don't tell me you, oh, well, I thought this guy would be good. Okay, do you run, You go ahead and you be a GM of an NFL team then. You're fucking genius. You're just so fucking good. Now, the best fantasy football players are constantly flipping their rosters in and out all year long because shit changes all year fucking long. They're not stagnant. They flip people through all the fucking time. So that's how it needs to be. And, yes, we're on to Minnesota. A two, two and a quarter, two and a quarter to win the division. Bet a hundred, win two twenty five. Uh this is really an enigma of a team for me. You want to talk about teams with insanely high talent and insanely low talent in some positions, and then captained by the you know, the man of mediocrity himself, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Jesus. You know, don't you I mean, think that they need Justin to move Jefferson, on from Kirk Cousins? Jesus. Uh, And I feel weird saying that because
0: when you look at the stats, you know, if you just look at the numbers, you look at Kirk Cousins and you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll I'll take some Kirk Cousins, you know, but when you watch it on the TV, it just doesn't hit the same. Those numbers don't hit the same as it does when you're watching it. And it doesn't really translate to wins either. They've had a couple playoff runs with Kirk Cousins, but I've never watched the Vikings under Kirk Cousins and thought, yeah, that might be a Super Bowl team.
1: Yeah, I've never, I've never had the thought that a Kirk Cousins team could beat whatever team I was rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm feel like, good no. when your team plays the Vikings. Yeah, You're you feel okay good. with that. You feel good. The biggest problem with the Vikings this year is what plagued them last year. They have a subpar offensive line. The defense, This is you want to look what happens with the Bears? What happens with the Bears is they have a great defense, great defense, great defense, and all of a sudden they lose two or three pieces and the whole thing falls apart and gets old. That is exactly what happened with Minnesota last year. Minnesota had a perfect storm of injuries plus people got old. Then they had, a, they had a bad offensive line that Kirk Cousins didn't adapt to in any way. And now you're going into the season uh, with Kirk Cousins leading your charge again. Your offensive line is right about where it was, and your defense continued to get older. I, I think this is a hot seat year for Zimmer. I think Zimmer might be out at the end of this. He's tied himself to Kirk Cousins. That's going to tank into the toilet I think that's the end of it. So for me with the Vikings, this is a team that I love all their weapons. I think you can get Dalvin Cook, you take him. I think Justin Jefferson, um, Adam Thielen, these are all great pieces. But at the end of the day this is not in my opinion a team that's going to compete as constructed i'll do more research on their offensive line and their defensive line as we get closer but this wasn't a team that really did anything spectacularly well and i don't think they replaced them with anyone they have a ton of rookies so we'll see who makes their roster mike zimmerman is a great 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 defensive coach and will and will scheme and coach people up but they're relying on players like Patrick Peterson, who's in their 11th year to kind of you know consolidate that defense. Brashad Breeland, great, is a really good corner. They're going to really go, hey, we've got nothing but C and B defensive players. Can we cobble like a top 12, 13 defense together? And can our offense keep us into it? And I think at best, this team will look like kind of the Vikings did with Case Keenum at like best. That's like where I see them, which could be making the playoffs and, and potential playing a spoiler because of the power of their offense. But at the end of the day, you're kind of like, eh, more than likely, this is an underachieving team that goes somewhere like nine and eight. Doug misses the playoffs and Zimmer ends up being fired.
0: I know Kirk, and I'm stuck on the, the Kirk part of this. I know that Kirk has two more years, I believe, guaranteed at big money on his contract. Yep. And I'm guessing that's why the Vikings aren't trying or actively trying to find the, the real franchise quarterback. They drafted Kellen Mond in the third, I believe, and he had a yep. nice little yep. career at Texas A&M. I think he'll be a nice little project. Um, but they need a guy that's going to be mobile. I think, especially if the offensive line is going to give you issues. Kirk Cousins isn't a guy that's going to create off schedule. You know, I I don't get, I don't think anyone that's a Vikings fan is excited at the thought of Kirk Cousins having to run away from a pass rush. You know, and the league is oh, going God in that man. direction. Like, you know, with Mahomes, with Watson, Wilson, shit, even with Tannehill to a lesser extent. Like, when that pocket breaks down, they can get out of that pocket and make a play. Kirk can't do that.
1: No. And I think that that holds them back. Vegas has their over under at eight and a half, which is really funny because my notes next to it, I, my literal notes next to it say maybe either. <laughs> I no I'm going to stay far away from that. But what you're saying, there's a lot of variables that you want your quarterback to pick up and, and make up for and Kirk cousins has none of those skills. So I don't really see the Vikings as much of a contender. There's high end talent on this roster they have three of the best. They may have like a top two. Uh, I'm gonna have to figure that out. But who's got better weapons than Jefferson, Thielen, and Cook? It's not many, not many. But the you know, rest I'm, of I might that take roster, the
0: Titans guys over them. But yeah, point me.
1: Yeah, no, I can't 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 really. If you want to go, hey, uh, God, AJ Brown. Um, Julio Jones, to Derrick Henry. I mean, I don't think anyone can can really dethrone that. But we are talking about a top five offensive talent team, and we'll see what they do. Kirk Cousins (laughs) is going to blow up teams like Detroit and then end up shitting the bed against teams like Green Bay. Who knows?
0: Let's be fair real quick. Let's play a hypothetical game. If the Vikings had let's say let's say the bucks if the vikings had the bucks offensive line you take tom brady's offensive line you you take the whole unit pick him up put him in minnesota are the vikings a super bowl contender
1: no kirk cousins is still quarterbacking right yeah nah. and all right end well, let's of, move on to the packers yeah. then Yep, I'm like, and you know, you and, and good point. I like that call out. You would basically be taking like a top five offensive line, giving them top five offensive weapons, and then going, okay, why am I not making it to the Super Bowl? And I think we all know the answer to that, and I think that's why there's some hesitancy. I don't really like them to win their division unless they luck out, but I don't expect this team to make any kind of run in the playoffs, unless Kellen Mond turns out to be like Justin Herbert, and they flip them out. But your point illustrates to everyone out there exactly what their hangup is. Kirk Cousins. Okay. We're heading up for some cheese to end this this nice dinner. It's a little cheese after. Cheese, cheese sounds it. like
0: it's a little moldy
1: right now. It's a little moldy. Also, maybe allergic to it. Don't know. The cheese isn't really speaking to the person eating it. Uh, Green Bay Packers, I think there's only one thing to talk about, right? Aaron. Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers plays, the Green Bay Packers will win that division. And will be a decent playoff threat. If Aaron Rodgers does not play and gets traded, no fucking clue. I will say this. If you want to put a small taste down of a bet, Green Bay minus 120 to win that division. I think that's really good odds. Because if Aaron Rodgers was locked in, if Aaron Rodgers says, I'm playing in Green Bay this year, no ifs, ands, or maybes. Green Bay is like a minus 300 to win that division. And everyone else is going to be like 3-1 to or higher. It'll bump everyone else up. I think this is the best value you're going to get. Green Bay doesn't really look keen on moving him. Everyone else is kind of moving forward. If there was a surprise trade that popped up, I would say it would be Denver, that he randomly got traded to Denver. But I think it's worth betting on right now. Give me your take on this Green Bay situation.
0: I'm not sure what to think, to be honest, because for the longest time, I thought I saw some rumors about there being a, a deadline to where Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have to come back this season and he wouldn't be fined. Right. And so I'm thinking if Aaron Rodgers is for real and he's not fucking with Green Bay anymore, he's done with this, he's, he's not fucking with with Wisconsin, he wants out. Right. I just don't. I don't know. They They confuse me. It confuses me. I just don't see I don't see where Rodgers is going with this. Because if he's trying to force his way out and they're entrenched in, I just don't see what leverage he has like he's got money left on his deal. I just, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think with them, and I I try to figure it out, you know, and I try to read body language, you know, they put the little clips out of of Brady and and Rogers fucking jerking each other off and shit, and I I try to find context clues in those videos, but ultimately I just am confused every time I try to think about that situation, like I don't know what he wants, does he want Jordan Love traded? If you were management and Aaron Rodgers says you trade Jordan Love and we're good, you're trading Jordan Love, right? Yeah, in a heartbeat. So I I don't think that has to be the issue then because it seems like a simple solution.
1: I think it literally comes down to money. Aaron Rodgers wants to be paid as a top quarterback in the NFL. He wants a longer contract. He wants to know he'll be in Green Bay for a while. He's not going to come out and say publicly, I want more money. Okay? He's saying that behind the scenes. And he's going, I don't want to leave, but you got to fucking pay me as if you're not trying to get fucking rid of me. And Green Bay's turning around and going, well, we drafted a first-round quarterback. We just talked about that with Andy Dalton, where we said, now, I know there's a big difference between Andy Dalton and and, and Brent, uh, massive, Brent Favre. Massive, massive. Aaron Rodgers, massive, massive, massive. One's a good quarterback, one's Andy Dalton. So, you know, but at the end of the day, you did draft a number one quarterback. You do know what you want to do with that number one quarterback. So, Do they know Aaron what Rodgers they goes, want to do
0: with that quarterback? <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Do they really know well, what they want to do with him?
1: So I think that the facts right now where we stand is Green Bay has drafted number one quarterback. As soon as they did that, Aaron Rodgers got pissed off. Aaron Rodgers is a very emotional person, obviously. The guy doesn't, like, talk to his parents or anything. So grudges are not new to this man. Um, second, he can while out on, like, Instagram and shit like that and is a bit of a goofball. Like, you know, I don't want to call him strange, but he's a bit of a goofball. So you have all that obviously he's not going anywhere because they have him under contract Green Bay says they don't want to get rid of him I think a contract extension gets this all over with and I think Green Bay is the one fucking this around because Aaron Rodgers you don't let get to the point where he's got a year left on his deal or two years left on your deal unless that person you're expecting to leave if you don't want
0: to pay Aaron Rodgers and you don't want to trade Aaron Rodgers then what in the fuck are you trying to do with Aaron Rodgers
1: (laughs) I here's what I think happened and just speculation, I know nothing. They drafted Jordan Love because they weren't sure of how long Aaron Rodgers had left in the tank. Aaron Rodgers had some rough years. I know everyone wants to say he didn't, but if you go back and watch the tape, Aaron Rodgers had some rough years. Now, his numbers were all good, his wins were there, but he just looked generally disengaged. They draft Jordan Love, it re energizes him. He has an incredible year. Okay? So the team goes, well, we were kind of planning on your departure based on your play and your enthusiasm around the club. We fire the coach, doesn't really get you juiced up. You fight through injuries. We appreciate all that. Draft love. Now you play great. MVP gear. And now Aaron Rodgers, okay, sign me into an extension. And they go, well, you know, we obviously were planning to move on from you. You know, that's uh, not a secret. And he goes, all right, sign the extension. Sign me. And I think what's happening is Green Bay is like, how about you just play out your deal?
0: (laughs) They want him to pull the Brady, finish your contract, and then go.
1: And then go. And Aaron Rodgers goes, it's not going to happen like that. You're either going to give me the money or I'm going to cause a huge stink. And I think that's where we're at. I think this is about them giving him a larger contract, or he wants out now. They need I to take the way, NBA
0: approach, I think. Like, you know, in the NBA, these players, the the front offices, they'll give the player the contract knowing that the player doesn't want to be there long term, but knowing that you yeah. can get more assets in return if you just give right. them the contract because there's more security there. I don't understand yeah. why you don't just lock Aaron Rodgers into two or three years. Don't give him a no trade clause. And then if you really want to get rid of him, you could get a, a nice little haul for Aaron Rodgers on a three-year contract. Uh, they need to yeah. take a page out of the NBA's book. Secure the secure the asset, for lack of Security a better term. Secure the asset,
1: flip it, flip it into more assets. I agree. They just did that with Jared Goff. Uh, now it costs them more to flip that asset because it went sour, but they ended up getting another what they view as a franchise quarterback in place of so them. They upgraded the position. They had to give up some picks. Who gives a shit? They upgraded the most important position. So you can give them and still get out of it and get things. And that's for someone like Jared Goff. So Right.
0: That this whole situation confuses me because it's Aaron Rodgers, and so yep. when I'm watching my TV, when I'm watching Sports Center, listening to these podcasts that are covering all this stuff, I just think this is Aaron Rodgers. Give him his money and then deal with it later. Yeah. They're playing a game of chicken that I don't think that they should be trying to play.
1: Yeah, they're in the driver's seat and they're standing in the road. You had so 13 I'm wins like...
0: last year. Like, why are you playing
1: games? Give that yeah. man his money
0: and, and try to win a Super Bowl.
1: Egos. Egos get in the way of all good. Alright. Ran through the NFC North. Oh, by the way, the win loss for the Packers this year. Um is
0: <laughs> Hey, over if Rogers plays, under if he doesn't. I don't even need the number. Eleven.
1: <laughs> eleven.
0: Yeah, I'm eleven. sticking if with it. If he
1: that. plays if he plays at eleven is stu- stupid low. So all right, cool.
0: So I got a life uh, update for you.
1: Ooh, let's do it.
0: Not as interesting as my my fish story last week, but I've heard that the trading card industry is going crazy lately, and I have a massive amount of trading, or uh, of sports cards, sports trading cards that have been sitting in my parents' house for years, years, since we knew each other, actually. Most of these cards are from when we would hang out when we were fucking twelve yeah and so i recover this box it's a massive box of cards uh, i need to figure out who can do the audit or whatever to figure out if any of these are worth any money but in going through the cards guess what card i found that is not a sports card it, it, you're gonna get a laugh out of this one not a sports it's card. not a sports card but i found it Fuck, randomly but it's in my sports like a card baseball collection.
1: card It's like not baseball, but it's like a, it's like a collectible.
0: I found a fucking Magic the Gathering card. (laughs) (laughs) I found a Magic the Gathering card in my Um, basketball card collection. I found a few cards actually. And I I remember playing Magic the Gathering back as a kid. And and I'm looking at all these cards and realizing I don't know what the fuck I was doing back then. Because these (laughs) cards look like they're a whole nother language to me right now.
1: They are. That is so funny that you found that shit. Oh, man, just take all that shit to a card shop and be like, figure this out for me. I've actually done that. There was one near my house before I moved. And I would just walk up there and just be like, what's in this box? And they'd be like, oh, we'll give you like $125 for like these cards. I'm like, that's fucking fine.
0: Right. And so I have a lot of a lot of the cards that I have, or at least maybe 30 percent of the total collection are baseball cards from like the early to mid 80s. You know, they're not oh, nice. even stuff that it, that was really stuff that I bought. It was just stuff that got handed yeah. down to me. And so now I'm just kind of like wondering where can I send this that I can trust, you know? Like I don't want someone to, to give me $20 for this Hank Aaron card that I could get for 80
1: at. I don't know where yeah. to go. I would tell you to Google some of it. And then like the ones that you think are important, you know, just Google a couple of them. And then find like a mom and pop card shop. They're probably more likely to be friendly with you and give you a better deal. And at least talk you through them, because you find someone who's passionate about cards, so at least like talk to you about your collection and what you have. If it's nothing, it's nothing, but you maybe get some background on it. That's what I would tell you. In Florida, there are going to be tons of those places.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm going to go looking for one this weekend, because as much as it is nice and the nostalgia of having these cards is pretty cool, uh, if there's some money in there, these cards can go.
1: Yeah, bingo. You didn't even know you had them, you know what I mean? Like, I feel the same way. I, I got people that, like, uh, it's actually funny you talk about Magic the Gathering. I got a friend who uh, who's like, oh, I don't want these anymore. And I'm like, I'll take them because I'm just going to take them to the card shop and be like, drinks on this asshole, you know? Right. <laughs> I, know. What, I made what, the what mistake, you want for
0: a, a huge mistake yeah. many years ago. I had a close friend that that uh, was asking if I had any of my old Pokemon cards, right? and so, oh, fuck. And I did, you know? I was just like, yeah, 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 I have a bunch. And he was like, yo, can I get anything that you have that's holographic? I was like, yeah, uh, sure, uh, whatever. I'm not going to do anything with these. I don't know why you fucking want them, yeah. but yeah, you can have them. And then years later, now, now this shit's fucking popular again. It's popping it's, off. I know. Oh, sick to my stomach. Flows
1: I the <laughs> time. You live and you learn. That's why now you're like, I got to figure this out. There's a hundred bucks in here. I'm going to get it and get a round of shots.
0: Exactly. So. All right. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another episode of the pick and play show. My name is Leo. You can find me on all socials, pretty much at pick and scroll. You can find the boy Gordo on Twitter at pick and play 37. There's some underscores in there. I don't know what's up with that. You guys got to let him know he needs to change that. But anyway, uh, let us know, let us know what you guys think. Uh, rate, review, share with a friend, share with your mom, sister, your brother, your cousin. I don't care who it is. Just let them know that they need the Pick and Play show in their life. Until next week, we'll see you.